Hey everyone, welcome back to Recruiters Live Lounge where you get to meet and hang out with some of the most inspiring recruitment business leaders on the planet. And I'm really excited today. My guest is Abigail Brown. And Abigail is the MD, the Managing Director of Openings.com. That's openings with a Z.com. Um, and she's based in the UK, or that company's based in the UK. Now, a bit of background, Abigail started her 18-year recruitment career in Houston, Texas, um, at the age of 22. And then when she returned to the UK in 2003, she continued in the industry with a brief spell at a national staffing firm. Eight years at an independent boutique agency, and then also some time working as an internal recruiter. Now, it was whilst in that role that she created what is now openings.com. And it's an em with an emphasis, sorry, on providing a quality service to the video conferencing and visual solutions industry. Um, yeah, audio visual that, you know, that anyway, Abby's going to tell us all about that. Um, and in July 2015, Abigail began running openings.com independently from her home office based in Thatcham in Berkshire. It's been a massive start. I've met Abby a few years back now and been really, really impressed by her energy. And I think we'll see that during the interview and find out more about her company. Her model with clients and candidates is based around a true partnership uh, approach called Focus Z. Okay, and again, she's probably going to give Absolutely. us the thank you. <laughs> um, and that, I know that model is proving really, really effective. I'm hoping that Abigail is going to tell us more about that. Abigail, how's it going? I'm doing great. Thank you for asking. Doing great. Good. Listen, we're really pleased to have you in the live lounge today. Thank you so much for asking me. It's oh, been a pleasure. Been, yeah, and I've been really keen to get you in for a long time now. So um, thanks for joining us. Um, Abigail, tell us a bit more about the work that you do at Openings. In essence, it, um, it's primarily permanent recruitment. That's all I do. I'm not stepping into the world of contract and temporary as yet, and I'm not intending to really for some time. Permanent recruitment's always been my first love. Sure. Um, so for me, basically, it is about I. I felt very strongly that there was a there was room in the market to provide a quality, a really quality service um, to clients in this space. Uh, the reason I created openings was because I was employed internally for a video distributor. So it sort of made sense. I was exposing myself to the industry, meeting lots of great contacts. And to be honest, the comments that were coming back was lots of companies just didn't have a really strong relationship with any one agency. It was all a bit bitty and a bit mishmashy. And, you know, there's lots of companies doing what I do. And of course, there's some very good ones. There's lots of not so good ones. We all know that. Mm. Um, but to me, I just wanted to bring my own energy, my own passion to it. I've always loved recruitment since I since I fell into it. I may have had very, very, very brief exits from it, but never for long, because I think when you've got your love for something, it's what you're meant to do. So, so yes, openings is primarily we look at the visual uh, communications collaboration marketplaces. Although I am, of course, open. If I get a referral or a recommendation, I am very open to working with with other industries as well. So we have a couple of clients um, that are, that are in um, engineering and energy. Right. Um, and of course, being based in Berkshire, 
um, very happy to work with local companies as well as across the UK because of the power of video, we can do it all. So very open to me, it's about finding quality clients. That's, that's what I spend my time doing. And fantastic. I've got some fantastic clients on board at the moment. Brilliant, Abby. Well, listen, we're really pleased to have you in and, and, and looking forward uh, to your answers to the questions in Live Lounge. Um, Abby, I know you're a fan of the show. I know you'll know we always like to kick off with our guest's favourite success or motivation quote. Indeed. What's What's yours? Now, I, this was quite an overwhelming question because, as you know, I am a very positive person. So I often retweet and I, I kind of share... Um, you know the the photos that go around social media the phrases all of that and i kind of thought to myself my goodness what a great question what is my favorite quote but the one i'm going to give you i don't think will be a huge surprise okay. to those that know me i think they'll they're kind of expect it but the one that i've chosen is the quote from steve jobs where he says the only way to do great work is to love what you do if you haven't found it yet keep looking don't settle so again, the only way to do great work is to love what you do. And I think I've, I've often used the hashtag, love what we do, love what you do, love what I do, you know, and so forth, because it's just fun. And um, I genuinely do love what I do. And I think that is what makes me do a, a great job. Um, it's because I've got just a real passion for delivering that level of service. And, so, and Abby, uh, I'd, I'd uh, yeah. Listen, I'd echo that. I see that in, you know, your tweets. I follow you and, and, and see what you post. And I also know that thing about working something that you love to do. You know, some of your uh, tweets and your posts are, are events that are at the end of a day or at the very beginning of a day where most people haven't even started or <laughs> they're thinking about closing. You're at those events. So it's clear that the industry you're involved in and some of the movements that you're involved in. I know you do a lot of work with um, with women specifically in AV. Yes. Um, I can see that you do those outside of the normal working day. Yeah, we've got one tomorrow. In fact, I'm doing a women. I'm doing a women in AV event tomorrow in London, um, which kicks off at four thirty. So again, it's kind of the end of the working day to afford people the chance to to come along, and it's an opportunity for them to network, meet one another sort of nurture and build on relationships really and we always not always but we tend to have guest speakers and people that are that are well known in the industry that people would enjoy hearing from so so again I work hard to make it a good lively evening and um, I was really honoured to be asked to look after women in AV for the UK and I've had a blast doing it it's been fantastic and it affords me great visibility as well most importantly I am a single being it is just me running openings so sure. to be visible i think is really important in the industry yeah no agreed and and abby look i know people will be watching and listening to this that are interested in you know specifically why is there um a, a, a specific group for women in audiovisual industry why, why did that happen because primarily it is such a male orientated business and um it's a fantastic industry to be a part of the women that we collaborate with and that come to the events they do sales they do marketing they do actually audiovisual technicians we've got a couple of those Good. you know we're trying to really expand the network and get as many women um you know involved and it's about having a voice i suppose um, it's about encouraging younger people Good. to join the industry because there's so much demand. There is so much demand yeah. in this industry. So recruiting is a challenge. It is, it's not easy. And uh, we just want to encourage more and more people to come into the industry. So by running Wave, I think we're 
were playing a part in doing that. Fantastic. And listen, we'll, we'll put a link into um, to, to, to that at the bottom of the show oh, notes. Perfect. Thank you. Um, but the other thing that's interesting for me is do you, do you get the, the, the blokes in your industry kind of jealous and wanting to get involved in some no, of the events? actually, they've responded really positively, I'm pleased to say. They've Good. responded really positively. We've had men um, as guest speakers. We've got a, a guy tomorrow speaking. We had um, another chap speak at our October event um last year sure. and that was really popular we had about 30 ladies in the room which you know to run an event to have 25 30 attendees is actually for, for us that's really good you know really the, good. the groups tend to be fairly small and i'm a big believer a small or large group you're going to get engagement you're going to get great conversation anyway but okay. no we encourage men to come along and speak to us um but equally if we get a powerful you know woman that's that's done really well um in the industry then we'll you know we'll kind of persuade her to speak to us as well but Fantastic. um yeah absolutely I'll, I'll wait for my invite abby <laughs> <laughs> well, you would be you would go down a storm you would be fabulous we'll have to talk about that for we sure. will do we will do so look abby I'm, I'm really keen it's like you've worked in recruitment now uh, for you know a number of years um, I didn't realise that you'd started in, in Houston, in Texas. That's quite an interesting... Oh, it was amazing. It was an amazing experience. Um, yeah, I'm really... And I must tell you why, it's sort of how it happened as well. Sure. It, it's, it kind of circles round to what we need to do in recruitment now, and it's a huge subject now about sort of adverts and capturing attention, attracting talent and so forth. But sure. in essence, um, I moved to the, uh, to the US in early 1998, did some temporary work for about four or five months, which was great. Cause it okay. kind of gave me an experience of being a temp and going to new offices and, you know, getting settled in and working. And basically I saw this advert um, for an administrative sort of PA um, for a national staffing firm in the newspaper. I read the advert. It was quite a short, small advert, but I read it and I said, that's me. That is me. <laughs> And so that's always what I attempt to do. When I write an advert now, very much, you'll notice if you go online to my website, you'll notice the majority of my adverts, they open with a couple of questions. Yeah. Because you've got to talk to your audience, I yeah. think. And um, I just read the advert and said, that is me. And I basically came on board and it was a kind of reception position, greeting candidates, looking after them, getting them registered. And I really enjoy doing that. Nice. But um the business didn't have, or well, the branch didn't have a really good salesperson. You know, it was lacking. Things weren't really happening. So I just took the initiative, started getting on the phone. Having a British accent definitely helped, I have sure. to say. Um, but yeah, got on the phone, started making appointments. Myself and my area manager would go out on these calls and would, uh, you know, kind of qualify the business. And basically, within six months, I got promoted. Um, to what's called a, what, what we would associate a field account manager right in the car five days a week you know pretty much four hours a day I was out there knocking as really old-fashioned you know just knocking on doors and um, not that that doesn't really happen anymore I don't think You're but, right. um, what a fantastic experience and that kind of gave me a really I don't know it just cemented I think my love for recruitment and obviously it's evolved since then and you know, since I've come back to the UK and you kind of work a desk and you sit on a desk and you make the calls and you book appointments and you do all this stuff. Um, you know, it's it's kind of evolved, but I think all the experiences that I had have made me who I am today, if that makes sense. You know, it, the it, area manager that I work with, she was a terrific mentor. And, I, you know, I think of her very fondly, actually. Um, 
so yeah but starting in texas i mean in 1998 when really we didn't really email each other it no. really was it was all old-fashioned it was phone calls it was knocking on doors and it's it's amazing how it's changed so much since then and i know people won't know this just by to to, to look at you but of course that knocking on doors uh you, you develop a fairly tough exterior fairly tough skin if you're uh if you're doing that you get absolutely. you hear no more often than any other word right yeah absolutely absolutely but i think you know i do laugh and i say you know little me british accent in houston definitely helped definitely helped Good but naturally coming back to the uk you know you're competing with everybody else and um but you don't i had developed a thick skin by then so i think that's why you do need a thick skin in recruitment because you know clients can be very or you know com or prospective companies can be very if they've had bad experiences you have to kind of hear them out and yeah. and, and, show, and, and yeah and, and show some empathy and uh use your persuasion skills to have them experience what it's like working with me. Thank you, Abby. Be afraid, not be afraid to hear the word no. <laughs> if they say no now, they may come back in three months' time. Good. So. No equals not yet. I, I totally agree. So, Abby, we know in the Live Lounge that behind every successful person, uh, every successful entrepreneur, there's usually been, I don't know, some adversity, some challenge, uh, yeah. something that hasn't gone completely right and that we've taken massive learning from. What was that moment for you? There's two actually that I would pinpoint. I thought about this question and it was quite hard for me to pinpoint one big, big, you know, moment. I sure. certainly didn't feel that there was one. But there's two incidents that I've certainly learned from. Um, number one was, I think it was 2009 when we were experiencing the recession and the crash and it was all pretty horrible. Mm. I had my first month ever of zero billing oh, i mean pretty pretty awful um but i have to say having spent you know years in recruitment you're not gonna let that get you down so the other incident that really stands out in my mind was working with a brand new client several years ago um and wanted to impress him worked really hard on this job got him a great quality shortlist of candidates had, had a first round of interviews and so forth he found his candidate that he wanted. Great. Um, she was open to accepting it. However, the following day, she contacted me and said, I've been approached by something that's been going on for a while. Da, 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 gave me this feel. Um, and I was very sorry to lose her, but I kind of knew her decision had been made. Looking back on it now, with my, with my, with my greater experience, I would have handled that better, would have asked her more questions and so forth. But what I did was kind of take it on the back and then rather than give it a few hours or, or a day and kind of give it some time, I think I called the client too soon. I wanted to be honest and transparent and so forth. And sure. this was a brand new client and, and, and I called him and he was very let down and quite annoyed about it, Negative. which wasn't my fault. Yeah. Um, but ultimately he just kind of left a bad taste in his mouth. He kind of cut me off and I couldn't win that business back. Right. It was a real shame. Um, but again, I just took it on the head and just thought, learn from it. And what I have learned from it is to sometimes you don't have to tell the client something immediately. Although I'm very ethical and very honest in my business, sure. there's no harm sometimes in just giving something a bit of time, yeah. a bit of a window before you then make a judgment call on something. And that's something that's very valuable to me now. And I treat my um, my candidates and clients equally in that respect. They can trust me with it, you know, with what they're sharing with me and 
I just think I handle things better and yeah. I manage expectations a lot better now. So it, it, it those two things really stand out to me. Yeah, and it comes with experience, doesn't it? It's one of those things that I think in life and in recruitment, we learn these things that often, you know, a problem or a challenge um, is different or it seems different. It presents itself differently yeah. after 24 hours, you know, and just to give yourself that breather, that chance to really digest it, work out a strategy and then, you know, sort of unveil that strategy to your client or your candidate, I think is is a really good, valuable lesson yeah. um, for all of us. Um, great answers. And thank you, um, Abby, for sharing those. Um, Abby, you know, you may have already told us, but what was the eureka moment for you um, in terms of recruitment where the light bulb goes off, everything falls into place? You go, yep, actually, I've got this now. I know what I'm doing. What was that moment for you? I've struggled with this question. I'll be honest with you. I really struggled with this question. And I don't know if I can give you a concrete answer. Um, give us the first because, one. Because I think for me, working in Houston and starting my recruitment career, from then, I was very fortunate to feel that this is for me. This is for me, without a doubt in my mind. So when I came back to the UK, without question, that, that, that this was what I was going to pursue. Sure. I think partly I can answer it by saying maybe last year, having the opportunity to go out on my own with the business, you have to be very determined. You have to be really firm in your mind that you're capable and you're competent and you can do it. And to me, I knew I had the passion. I knew I had the ability to do it. You know, cash is important, of course. Um, but no, I just, I'm really proud of myself for taking that step and uh, seeing it through. And um, here we are today. Yeah. And you know what, Abby, it's, it's interesting for me because listening to your answer there, I can see almost that there were two very distinct Eureka moments for you. So yeah, it would be hard to choose just one. And I think you, possibly unusually as well, that that eureka moment at the beginning of your career seemed to happen very quickly after joining that staffing firm. You, you know, you, you mentioned your mentor, but being able to to be in that role and almost immediately you you felt recruitment. It's like you, you felt it from the advert that you read. Yes. Yes. Um, so that that sounds like the first bit, and and that's unusual. Most people you know, myself included, it takes us a little while to, ah, oh, the penny drops. It's like, oh, yeah. I get this. Yeah. Sounds sounds like you had a really, really... No, it was really... very much an overnight thing for me. It was it was very immediate, I Fantastic. think. Fantastic. So... And then, the, and then the, the other eureka moment that I think will have a lot of resonance with people watching and listening to this is that moment that you decided to go out on your own. Yeah. Um, and I'm really interested in that part. It's like, you know, what drove you to that? Because it's a massive step. Honest, it was a it was a mutual decision between, you know, myself and my employer. Um, the employer had always been a very privately owned small business sure. and they were bought and purchased by a, a larger business in the United States, actually. So when that happened um, sort of a couple of years back, I did kind of expect I wonder what will happen um, to the recruitment element, because it wasn't really, um, it wasn't an important part of their business. And that's not understanding myself. All, I'm, sure. all I mean by that is that what I was doing and what I was making was very minuscule and compared to- What they the were doing. Like the distribution business. Sure. So they actually approached me and said, 
you know, what are your thoughts on sort of going out on your own? And it was a bit of a shock, I'll be honest, at first. Yeah. And then I thought, do you know what? Why not? It's no... And they let me go, basically, you know, we've, um, I've got the domain, I've got the name, I've got the business, I've got the contacts. They let me go, you know, with all their good wishes. That's brilliant. And I thought, how often do you get a chance to do that? Having built, having built my reputation for a couple of years sure. with the security of being employed, I was very fortunate, and I'm, and, and I'm, I'm not um, shy to say, hey, I got to build some momentum first. Um, but taking the step out on my own, it, it, it is tough. It yeah. is tough. You you wake up every morning and think, is this going to work? Is this going to work? But you've just got to have faith and do it. And I don't regret it at all. I'm Good. so delighted that I that I, I kind of snapped up you know and um here we are a few months later doing very well indeed fantastic so. and we're, we're, we're really pleased to hear that too abby and you know something for a lot of people um you know opportunities like that don't happen every day mm. but actually the people that those opportunities are presented to don't take them up every day either so i think you know you you describe yourself as lucky and fortunate it's like actually you know something opportunities like that don't happen for everybody yes. and you were yeah. brave enough to, to to run with it so you know i could have i could have you know the other option would have been to you know to get a job sure. you know, to get a job with you know as a recruiter for any lots of firms out there might have been of interest to me sure um but i just felt it wasn't the right thing to do i'd built i'd built openings people it was beginning to make some noise people yeah. knew what i was doing and i thought what a waste it would have been such a waste and I wanted to um, run my own business before I turned 40, right. which I did. So, yay. <laughs> <laughs> well well done. One of the few that who do rather than many that talk about it. it. It's never too late. I always say it's never too late. <laughs> good advice. Really good advice. Um, Abby, listen, I know this about you, but of course, people watching and listening don't know this about you. Um, I know that you're a very motivated individual and you surround yourself with you know, positivity and you give out positivity. Is there anything that you do on a daily basis to set your day up for success? Any kind of ritual or routine that you go through? Yeah, that's a great question. That's a great question. Um, to be honest, Monday to Thursday, I do wake up rather early um, and I get up and I have a light breakfast and coffee. Coffee's my friend. Um, <laughs> and, uh, and basically I get myself to the gym um, and I do a, and I do a workout, Not, nothing too strenuous, but basically I just want to get my day going, get the energy, get the energy up and running. Good. Um, once my workout is done, then I will immediately kind of, you know, go and check my email, see what's happening. But I've already created a plan in my mind for that day in terms of what needs my attention, what's going to get done. Um, but I start the day off, you know, fairly early. Um, what, what's fairly early for you, Abby? Well, the alarm goes off at 5.20 or 5.30, which Good. is early. I get to the gym at about 7 o'clock, which isn't, that's not too bad. There's people who get there at 6 and 6.30. They're, they're really crazy. <laughs> um, 7 o'clock, 7 o'clock is doable. And then I'm normally, you know, by 8.39, you know, I'm certainly kind of on there. Basically, it's about knowing, you know, thinking the night before as well, reviewing your list, knowing what needs your attention, so you wake up the next day just feeling, yep, yeah, this is where I'm going to spend my time today. And obviously being adjustable and being flexible that things might come up or a call might happen and, you know, things might change. But having a plan in place 
is important, but allow room for flexibility. Yeah. And of course, I work on my own. So some days I might even start my day at seven o'clock. If I know I've got a lot going on, like tomorrow, I've got my um, my women in AV event. So I've got to adjust my day accordingly to make sure I'm still getting enough work done throughout the day, basically. Um, it's interesting as well, isn't it, that, that um, when I speak to the most successful people, not only in our industry, but, you know, across industry, um, what they talk about is their outstanding success has been built day by day by day. You know, yes. it's not, oh, I've had a great month or I've had a great year or I've had a great half year. It's the little bits that all add up. Absolutely. Abs yeah, just chunking it down. And I love the fact that you set your days up like that. Um, and also, you know, just the, the, the working out in the gym, presumably that's giving you the energy to sustain during the day, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. Although you'll laugh and uh, I'm a big advocate of the power nap. The power nap is wonderful. And that's, again, another benefit working on your own. You've got your own schedule, so you can take a power nap should you need to. And I know there's many people out there that do not get that. They can't lay down for or close their eyes for 10 minutes, 20 minutes. But... I tell them, train yourself, do it. It's worth it. It's so worth it. So, you've, um, you've so almost... the power app is your friend as well as coffee. So. Yeah. <laughs> you've almost convinced me, um, Abigail. I, um, it's funny because I've, I've heard other people talk about the benefits of power napping. Um, and I've seen people, I've worked with people that have done this, you know, popped home at lunchtime, grabbed... 15 20 minutes and they've come back and it's like boy you know this person's on fire for the afternoon yeah. i struggle with it i've got to say to you i think uh, it's and you're right it's about training your brain just to slow down and stop the chatter even if you don't actually sleep even just closing your eyes for 15 20 minutes and taking a break and turning your phone off is important it's really important and i can't emphasize that enough i think um Many recruiters are probably guilty of just working, th you know, throughout the day, and it's and you can really you can burn out. It can be bad for you, really can. So I'm a big advocator, and, and your clients and your candidates want you to be well and you know look after them. So sure. take time for yourself, definitely. I'm certainly going to revisit that at that area. You never know. I might <laughs> I might just grab a power nap at some stage today. I'm going to try. <laughs> Um, Abigail, what do you see as your biggest strength and then conversely, you know, your biggest weakness as an entrepreneur? I think my biggest strength is definitely my commitment my, and my follow through on things and uh, the way that I choose to work as a business person. And we'll cover that perhaps, you know, with regards to the focus model. But sure. in essence, I work on quality jobs with quality clients. Um, and that's a huge you know, contribution to the success that, that we experience. Conversely, my weakness is probably distraction. And I've always said that I do get I do get easily distracted. And I kind of say to people, I'm not the world's best multitasker at all. Right. I try to, but I'm not very good. I'm not very good at it. So I can allow myself to get distracted sometimes. And of course, social media, I love it and so forth. But you know, I'm getting better. I'm getting better and firmer with myself and you know and my time. And um yeah, but I would say if I was to, if I was to pick a weakness, it would be getting distracted, you know, and getting back on track. You yeah. know what, Abigail, it's an interesting one, isn't it? Because I know, you know, as you said, when you started in in Houston all those years ago, there wasn't really social media. If, if it was, it certainly wasn't the the animal that it is no. now. Um, and both you and I, it's like you know, we're attracted to social media. We use social media. We harness it well. 
but you've described it you know almost it's it's part of that shiny new things it's like there are shiny new things out there and of course we're we're, we're distracted like magpies um but i think a lot of people watching and listening to this will probably describe that as as one of their greatest areas of weakness yeah. what are you doing to work specifically on that uh, i'm just you know i'm just setting up when i work when i look at my day i just make sure um you know if i do get distracted it's a matter of okay turn that window off you know turn that tab off and just be strict just be stricter with yourself um and if you feel like you need a break because sometimes i know i need a break even if it's just 15 20 minutes and i don't want to because i'm kind of in a flow maybe sure. but i think actually by taking a break i'm going to be way more productive when i come back to my desk sure. so it's just kind of monitoring yourself throughout the day and not being afraid to say stop so no great advice thank you um so look abby you know i i know you've worked in our industry for many years i'm going to ask you to look into your crystal ball for a short mm. while um and just try and predict for us how you see the recruitment industry developing over the next say five years i hope and this is this really is a big hope of mine that i hope more agencies take on a more committed approach to what they're doing okay um and what i mean by that is not spreading themselves too thin and not taking on every piece of work that they can it's about doing a quality job so so ultimately i think that um contingency recruitment's been around forever and i don't see it going away i kind of wish it would go i kind of wish it would go away a little bit but i don't think it will But I hope and I foresee that more agencies are going to see the benefit of taking on less work, but fit, you know, but work they can fulfil um, and just delivering a higher level of service. And I want our candidates to feel happier with the with the agencies out there. You still, I still have conversations with candidates who are feeling let down. They're not being contacted, and I just think there's no excuse with technology and what we've got. What our hands you know what's available to us there's no reason not to look after people so for me i'm going to continue to do what i do work on committed jobs qualifying them properly looking after my candidates properly and i just hope that for the future more and more agencies are going to be you know um, mirroring that behavior um, and it can just get better and better in the perception of people out there and Abby, go on with you. I, I listen. I sincerely hope that the recruitment industry does that as a whole. Um, but even if it doesn't, I, I do feel that if there are people like you, and there are, there are people like you and I mm. that are committed to driving those standards, at least in our own organisations, if not the ones we come into contact with. Um, and, and whilst there are people like you and others like you. I um I am hopeful. You know, I do think that there's there's a lot of positivity about our industry and a lot of people seeking out those kinds of uh qualities as well, making yeah. sure that we're doing a you know a great job for our industry. Let's keep it up. <laughs> um, on on that point actually, Abby, tell us a bit more about um focus with a Z. Um tell us a bit more about that. Yes, in brief, uh, I'll keep it brief, but in brief it is it's qualifying a job and it's a small amount up front 
to take on the instruction. Okay. So in essence, I take on the instruction, qualify it, send them an invoice, which they pay within 14 days. So particularly with new clients, it's important that you know that they're committed, they'll, they'll pay, and they're good payers. It's very important as a small business. Um, and basically, it's about the way I sell it. It is about valuing the input and the expertise that I'm bringing to the process. Lovely. So we're going to work with you. We're going to qualify the job. We're going to make sure the advertisement's written correctly. We're going to get it on the right channels. Um, but equally, we're not going to sit back and wait. We're going to go out there and explore, create shortlists. And basically, I keep them informed at all stages because that was my key frustration as an internal recruiter. Yeah. Working with external agents, I was very disappointed as a whole very disappointed with the lack of contact or five days might go by and I wasn't quite sure what was going on. Yeah. So the focus approach takes that all out of the equation. The fact that the client has paid a fee as well up front makes them accountable, makes them more committed. And I have to say their responsiveness is so much better. I often hear from recruiters, oh, it's frustrating. I've sent three CVs and I haven't heard anything back. This doesn't happen with the, with the focused relationship. You get pretty much feedback within 24 hours. Things move quickly. The candidates are really impressed with how quickly everything everything works. Mm. So all in all, everybody has a good experience. Now, it is a bit uncomfortable for some companies. They're not used to it. There's yeah. agencies out there willing to take on work, you know, for free. Um, so it's kind of a... It's a conversation you have to have and you have to decide for the and the company has to decide is this right for us or not? Mm. Because I don't guarantee I don't guarantee that I'll fulfill the job. Um, but I just say this is the work you're going to get from me. This is what you can expect. And they're very happy and they're generally very happy with that. One thing I, I want to add to that is that, that referrals and, you know, internal employee are going to become part of the equation. I encourage any candidates that come directly to the company to be assessed by me in the same way that I would assess my own candidates. So everybody gets a consistent experience and at the end of the process, if their candidate is deemed the best for the job, great, so be it. There's no further fee on my part. So the client really respects that and sort of understands that as a recruiter, I genuinely do care about making the best outcome, whether it's my introduction or through their channels. Either way, I want the candidate to have had a consistent, thorough experience so that everybody can feel more confident about the mm. hiring decision. And that's what focus comes down to. Abby, I love that. I mean, I, you, you know, or you may know, I, I come from a background of building three recruitment businesses. One of them was 100% contingency, but the other two were 100% retained. And I've got to say to you, your, your description there of um, that the focus approach is pretty much a fully retained service. So there will be people listening to this and, and, and watching this that will say, well, what is the difference? Is it that focus is cheaper or more expensive? Is it a different, uh, you know, payment structure, third, a third, a third? How, how does it work? Yes. So the focus fee is very straightforward. It runs in the region of about a thousand pounds for the client to pay up front. And what I do at the end of the process, that amount is in fact deducted from the final placement fee. Brilliant. That's a really good thing. I like that. It's a, you know, a lot of people ask me, well, you know, 100% retained and third, a third, a third, which is the traditional model, is difficult. Difficult for some consultants to pitch and equally difficult for new client relationships to, you know, to commit to. 
but a a small and it's not insignificant but a relatively small commitment on the client's part as you said the benefits to everybody you the client the candidate of the client having real skin in the game yes. you know i know abby if i paid you a thousand pounds it's like I'm not going to delay getting feedback to you because I want to make sure my thousand pound is spent correctly. Um, Abby, we've reached that stage in the live lounge where uh, we're going to we're going to look at the lightning round. So I've got to ask you this question: Are you ready for the lightning round? Abigail? I am indeed. Bring it on. Good. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> question number one in the lightning round. Abby, what's the number one thing that you see holding recruiters back from being more successful? My answer to that would be taking on too much work, not qualifying the jobs and spreading themselves too thin. It leads to disappointment all round. That's my that's my view on the matter. Perfect. Great answer. Abby, question number two, what is the best piece of business or recruitment advice that you've ever received? Two things stick out to me. Be consistent with what you're doing. And I was told at a very young age, you create your own luck. And I'm a big believer in that. And that's what I've that, that's kind of what's kept me going. And it's what I would it's what I would advise any any young person talking to me, I'd say the same thing. You create a lot of your own luck. Just keep your eyes open, be open to stuff, let it happen. I think it was uh, it was either Michael Jordan or one of the famous golfers that said, the harder I work the luckier I get, you know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think Indeed. it's great. It's very true. It's very true. I like that advice. Uh, question number three, Abby. What is something that you see working brilliantly in your business right now? So maybe it's a an app or a piece of software or a hack or something, but For something's me, working well. For me, it's my social media. For me, it's my social media. Primarily, I would say Twitter and Facebook for me. Um, I get a lot of engagement, a lot of success that way. And I get referrals that way. Um, so, yeah, social media, I think it's developing my reputation. So people who, even before they've met me, they've got a good picture of who I am. So when they do meet me, there's no surprises. So. <laughs> <laughs> and and we love it, don't we? Because, you know, sort of 20 years ago, um, in order for an individual to have that kind of profile, you'd have to be working for one of the largest recruitment businesses or industries in the world and have unlimited, you know, sort of advertising budgets. And social media has been the big leveler, hasn't it? Absolutely. I'm so, and it's, it's going gonna, it's, it's gonna to stay with us as well. So I think use it or lose it. Just get on there. Everybody get on there. Great advice. Um, Abigail, what's the best business book that you've read in the last, say, six months? I'll be honest with you, um, running my own business for the last few months, when I take a minute to relax, I actually read fiction at the moment. Good. And that's what I really, really enjoy. I kind of get my, I get my fix, I think, of business advice through my social media. There's often a good article or you've shared something or people have shared things and I kind of click on it and I'll retweet it and I'll look at it. And I do, although I'm busy, I do take the time to read some of that stuff, but my plan is certainly this spring and summer, I do want to kind of pick up two or three books this year. And that's one of my goals, I think, is to um, is to pick up a couple of books, read them through and kind of share what I'm getting out of it. So that's actually one of my goals this year is to spend more time doing that because last year I really haven't. And it's been more fiction and fun and relaxation for me. Listen, that's, and fiction's fine. Sometimes, you know, you do have to kind of switch stuff off. But 
It's interesting because I think that getting it from social media, you're getting the most up-to-date version of uh, for, yeah. yeah version of of the most current advice that's out there. So um, I, I wouldn't I think, be. I think business books as well. It's tough because we all meet different business people and there's sure. so many different uh, different opinions. That's a great book. That's not you know, and you kind of got to make your own decisions, I suppose, as to what what ticks your box. Abigail, I'm gonna I'm gonna help you. All right, I've got a list of. Uh, I read voraciously. I've got a list of the best business books please, for please recruitment business please. leaders. That would be wonderful. <laughs> I'll send you the list and I'll send you one of the books as a gift. All right. So oh, that's very kind. I'll look, look forward to that. <laughs> look out Thank for you. that. Um, Abigail, the final question, and it's, you know, we're, we're reaching that stage towards the end of our meeting now. But the final question in the lightning round, if you woke up tomorrow morning um, but you still possessed all of the experience, the knowledge that you currently have, but openings.com wasn't around for whatever reason, it, forcing you to start somewhere, doing something different from scratch. What would you do? I thought about that. And ultimately, um, I think training, I think training and helping other people would be definitely my forte and something that I would look to do. Good. And listen, watch out Roy Ripper, I say. <laughs> <laughs> and hopefully somewhere in a sunnier climate. <laughs> We'd all like that, Abby. If he was no object, I would probably... <laughs> <laughs> We'd all like a, a sunnier climate. Um, okay, listen, we, um, sadly, actually, we are to, to, at the end of our, our time together, Abigail. I'm really genuinely very sad. There's lots more questions. I, it's I'd... been great fun. It's been really great fun. Thank you. My absolute pleasure. We're glad to have you on board. Um, if you had um, two final pieces before we let you go, Abby... The a final piece of parting advice for our viewers and listeners, and then also how people can get in touch with you after the show. Sure, sure. So definitely make sure that you are loving what you do. That's what I would say. Make sure really reevaluate, you know, reevaluate, think about it. Make sure you're loving what you do. Um, and if you're not, it's time to sit down and really have a proper think about what you're good at and where you want to go. And I'm always very happy to have a chat with people about that. Um, in terms of reaching me, obviously Twitter, on there all the time. So my app, um, sorry, my handle is um, openings by Abby. That's A-B-I, it's openings by Abby. Um, and I'm very responsive on there. Um, the website, of course, openings.com. And my mobile, 07720 always happy to take a call. I do in the evening turn my phone on flight mode when I go to bed so I don't get disturbed by anything because sleep is important. It's sleep very important. <laughs> and, and you're allowed to switch it off, Abby. You're allowed to switch it off. Um, Abigail, thank you. Listen, thank you so much. That's brilliant. And in terms of all of the, um, uh, the contact details that you've mentioned there, they'll be below this episode. So if anyone's watching this you'll see it on the page in the show notes if you're listening to it via itunes just go to recruiterslivelounge.com you'll find all of abby's show notes below her episode um abby on behalf of everyone at recruiters live lounge thank you for joining us today thank you for having me that's okay and to everyone else that's listening um you've been listening to abigail brown md of openings.com in Recruiters Live Lounge and for you to keep receiving episodes like this, for you to meet and hang out with some of the most inspirational people in our recruitment industry, 
please subscribe, continue to subscribe. We're getting more and more viewers, new, new viewers, every single episode that we publish. Help us spread the word, tell as many recruits as you can, we'll love you for it. Until I see you again, take care, bye-bye. Thank <laughs> you.